welcome to the Live Up and Liberated podcast. I'm your host, Yvette Mayer. I was a high-flying advertising exec with a 30-year-long career, and I left it all to follow my passions. In this show, you'll hear from ordinary humans who've risked it all and relaunched their lives, along with stories from me, insights and tips to fuel your new biz. So get ready to feel lit up and liberated. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Special thanks to all of you who are listening regularly and those who have left me reviews. Oh my goodness, it's so, it just makes it so rewarding. And today I wanted to send a special thanks to Robbie Franco who left this review via Apple Podcasts in the United States. Great content, three exclamation marks. Five stars, love this, exclamation mark, great listen, exclamation mark, very insightful and inspiring, three more exclamation marks, oh my goodness, it just, yeah, I just really appreciate it and it inspires me and motivates me to just keep showing up and bringing you all of the value, so thanks Robbie and thanks to all of you who are listening regularly. Today, I am going to do a solo episode on a topic that has been coming up super regularly in my podcast interviews, so much so that it has been rattling around in my mind as something that I cannot help but discuss with you, and it is the topic of self-worth. And more to the point, the fact that if you are going to go into business for yourself as a solo trader, solopreneur, whichever way you want to cut it, you need to have very high self-worth and it is, gosh, how do I say this passionately enough? I honestly think that the most critical thing you can do to set yourself up for success before launching your business is to work on your self-worth, to really step into that, to own it, to embody it, to feel so worthy of the success you're going to create in your life. And, 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 I am going to take you through why this is important, how to Do this work before you go any deeper into launching a business or even if you've launched a business but you know it's something that needs addressing, what do you do? And then a few steps or things to consider as you do it that are in essence ways that you can work on your self-worth. So without further ado, I shall jump in and the first thing is... What I call the worthiness factor is the most critical success lever in your entire business. And I am talking about two things that sit beneath that today. Your beliefs, unconscious beliefs, your subconscious beliefs, as well as your conscious beliefs and your mindset. They're very highly interrelated, but they sit slightly separately. It Getting this part right is more important than having a great idea. It's more important than knowing there is appetite and need for the product. 
we all at some point in our lives, particularly if we're ambitious, particularly if we have our sights set on success, experience imposter syndrome. I've never worked with anybody who has been my boss who hasn't admitted to it. And I'm talking about CEOs, country chair people, like right to the very top of every organization that I've been in. And I've been in some enormous global businesses. The topic of imposter syndrome invariably comes up and everybody identifies with it. So let's unpack this. Deep down, we struggle to believe that we're enough. These words that run through this internal and sometimes subconscious, as I said, or even unconscious beliefs, sorry, um, yeah, unconscious beliefs, deep down there is a level of disbelief that we are actually worthy of the success we desire or that we've only got as far as we've gotten in our career because we've somehow managed to not be found out. Oh my God. Well, my last uh, role in my career was a managing director of a 300 person business. Do you think that I ever imagined that I was in going to be in such a position? Hell no. I didn't even finish high school. I, I didn't even have the ambition, let alone the self-worth to ultimately rise to that level of role but when you're working for other people they can see your potential they can see what you can't see and it's a bit like working with a coach we can see you in all your beautiful potential we appreciate that you are worthy and that if you can only see it yourself you will rise to that level but it's you, my friend, my friend and me, when I'm in the situation that struggles to believe it ourselves. There's a uh, wonderful woman by the name of Marissa Peer. She's a transformational coach. I think she's also a, uh, she's a qualified doctor, therapist based in the UK. You should Google her or, or watch some of her stuff on YouTube. Her entire business is built around this perspective that even the most successful people in, in our society, right through to our presidents and prime ministers, don't think they're enough. And what she suggests is an affirmation regularly repeated multiple times a day. Um, so try this at home of I am enough. I am enough. She'll even suggest writing the words, I am enough in lipstick or something on the mirror in the bathroom as a trigger, a regular reminder of your worthiness. Now she has coached and led and mentored at the top end of town, businessmen with multi-million, if not billion dollar companies who still didn't feel worthy or enough. And this core unconscious belief that she taps into and finds to be so prevalent uh, can revolutionize these people's lives and businesses once they they see it for what it is and do the work to uncover unblock and dissolve and ultimately disprove this belief 
So, as I said, when you're working for somebody else, quite often, even when you feel like an imposter, you are validated and promoted and elevated. And even if you don't feel enough, you never say the words out loud, unless if you get into one of these conversations I spoke of before, and you very much keep it to yourself. And it's kind of like your little dirty little secret, and you just hope nobody finds out that you're actually not all that good or all that important or all that valuable, whatever your all that is. But when you launch your own business, there is nobody coming to save you from yourself. That's right. You will not be rescued. In fact, you have to learn how to rescue yourself. And what I mean by that is you need to understand how your belief system works, how to gear your mindset for success and identify when you're going through this sort of challenge and do the work to get yourself out of it. So it is a steep learning curve. There is no doubt about it. Most often when you first get into a business for yourself, you've come from something a lot more specialist. And so I'll use me as an example. I came from an advertising background and over 30 years, 30 years, I hate saying that, it makes me sound so old. But as I said, I didn't even finish high school. Enough on that. Let's get back to the topic at hand. In that arena, uh, that patch, I'm very, very confident. But stepping into my own business means being the CEO, not just of me and my life, but of everything financially um, and it turns out belief system wise as well. So you do go from, as I said, a specialist to a generalist who needs to wear multiple hats. You are the salesperson, the marketing person, the advertising person. You are the financial person. You are the treasurer. You're the strategist. You're everything. And therefore, you are going to play roles that you're less comfortable in. And this is out of comfort zone territory, the kind of territory that can quickly send you into I am not enoughness or I don't think that I am worthy, even if that's a, um, you know, a subconscious belief, this lack of worthiness playing out in the way you show up in your life and in your business. Other things that are going to happen with your own business are, especially if you've come from a corporate career like I did prior, you are going to switch out of comfort and security, safety, and, and security is a human need, switch from this into massive instability when it comes to finances and also this internal knowledge that you are driving every bit of income into your business. So with that comes things like mood swings. So, you know, one week you're on the up and up, your meetings are going well, you can see there's an appetite for what you're doing. The following week you get a phone call and suddenly a deal that was this close to coming off falls through. And it's at those times when if you haven't done this work on yourself, if you haven't figured out what's going on deep inside of you and healed any pain around worthiness, 
that you are going to struggle. These are the times when the mood swing becomes more of a downward slide than a, you know, a swing if you like and you know you can absolutely get lost down there. And I I honestly believe that that is why so many businesses fail within the first one or two years. It's not the product necessarily or the service, the marketing, the sales. It is the founder, the owner's lack of worthiness. It manifests in so many ways. So from an external perspective, even from the person's perspective, you can look at the scenario and blame something else. You can blame the product not being right. You can blame the marketing not being sharp enough. But ultimately, if you keep on digging, it comes back to you. And of course, this isn't just about having a business of your own. This worthiness factor can show up in all of our lives and impact our ability to feel truly fulfilled and have a life of meaning. So I would encourage anybody listening to this, whether or not you have a new business plan, an idea and dream, um, to keep listening and don't just sit back and think this is a problem that I struggle with, whether that's lack of self-worth or self-love, but to actually lean into solutions. Do this work. Now, it ain't pretty. I'm talking about going really, really deep into your darkest shadows. And you have to do that to get to the other side. That is my experience and that is what I see reflected back to me from others that have successfully navigated this. So what to do? It's not surprisingly, the first one is work with a coach, a highly credentialed coach that has studied things like neuro-linguistic programming, uh, very deep into the life coaching arena and working with beliefs in particular and mindset. Alternatively, a therapist is going to be an incredible place to start. In fact, I think if, you're, if you've had a difficult childhood, for instance, and you're well aware that this is an area that um, you need to do the work on, then absolutely a therapist is a brilliant, brilliant option. Of course, if you are not looking to invest at the level of a coach or a therapist, Start by uh, reading self-development books, listening to podcasts on the topics of worthiness and uh, mindset. Look for words. If you're looking for content on this and, you know, try YouTube and places like that, some of the words that you are going to be looking for are things like your shadow, internal blocks, limiting beliefs and mindset work. So as I said, there is kind of a difference between the belief system and the mindset. So I'll just separate those out. So the belief system, well, we all have beliefs, but the interesting part is only 5% of them are conscious. 95% of our beliefs are a mixture of subconscious. So they sit close to the surface, but they're still not conscious. 
but the bulk of our beliefs are unconscious. They sit well beneath the surface. And in fact, uh, the research has proven that the majority of our unconscious beliefs and our subconscious beliefs to a degree are formed between the ages of zero and seven years old. So this is... It's like the matter of this is really dependent upon your heritage, your upbringing, the experiences of your early childhood. And no matter who you are and no matter what type of family you grew up in, we can all struggle with these beliefs because depending on the child and the level of uh, things like sensitivity, we can get into very dark places as a child that are triggered through something that seems pretty harmless. So for instance, you, you are someone, somebody who had a parent who used controlled crying. And so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with controlled crying. What I am saying is depending on the human in that scenario, that could actually go very deep in that that very young child, baby even, um, as a belief system around nobody's coming, I'm alone. But as you can see, the things that happen throughout our early childhood don't have to be we were abandoned, we went through you know, abuse or, or there was a divorce between our parents. It doesn't have to be that. So many small things can add up and affect our belief system and even um, even cause these deep-seated limiting beliefs that a lot of us live with. So that's the belief system. As I said, zero to seven is when it is primarily formed. It continues um, but is most impactful up to say zero to 14, zero to 22 with the bulk of the deep beliefs being determined at that very very young age of zero to seven so I don't know about you but when I look back at that time I've had to look back at it with fresh eyes I would have said to you you know what I had the most amazing childhood parents were together the whole time oldest of three children live in a fantastic suburb very safe not wealthy at all between those ages. We came, the family came into a bit of money later, but at the young age we were, we were on a budget, that's for sure. Uh, so our uh, experiences and holidays and things like that tended to be more local than, <laughs> than exotic or global. Although we did go to New Zealand, I seem to recall. And so for many, many years, I would have said to you, if you asked me about my younger childhood, that it was perfect. Like there was nothing, nothing to see here. So that's a bunch of baloney. Now that I've done the work, I have unpicked the scab, so to speak, and seen what really went on there for me. And it includes things like when I was 18 months old, my brother was born with uh, club feet and that meant a hell of a lot of time was spent in hospital not just uh, for him but when he was a baby my mum was away from me for weeks and weeks on end of course I had other family my father around but you can only imagine the impact of 
an 18 month old child who has been the center of the world for both parents, the oldest grandchild. So extend that out to the center of the universe in my own mind, I'm sure, uh, to suddenly being not only not the center, but not the priority. So that is something I now see as an area which started to impact my worthiness and how I felt about myself as a human in the world. So that that is definitely something that I now see as an area that I work on. Uh, another another massive issue, I'm just going to call it out, is my father is an alcoholic. So who knows how that impacted me at that very young age. I can tell you he was He's still alive, but he was quite verbally abusive with my mother. Uh, I recall even into my teenage years being scared of going home because I didn't know whether he was going to be in a bad mood or a good mood. And so I was therefore on tenterhooks and nervous. He, he had a bad temper when he was drinking. He told me really awful things like that I thought I was special and I wasn't. The list goes on. This is not a podcast about me, but I just wanted to show you from a very normal family from the outside how broken it can be once you actually start looking at it in more detail. So one of the things I've done to heal myself in this area is see a kinesiologist. So they, um, they're, they're energy healers and they can actually feel these blocks in your body and help to work them through. So add that onto the list of people that can help you when you are struggling with your belief system. Now, I promised I'd also talk about mindset. So mindset's more conscious. It's definitely something that you can work on. And I think it's a little bit of an antidote to the challenges with beliefs. If you can get really, really good uh, with your mindset, it's going to start leveling out the swing set. The swing set, you know what I mean. The uh, What's the thing that goes up and down? I have lost my mind and I can't even say the word right now. It'll come to me. <laughs> um, yes, mindset. So mindset is, is really a function of mindfulness first. So being aware of how you're talking to yourself. And self-criticism is probably something you're familiar with. I think about 90% of us speak to us ourselves like we're a piece of crap. And it's, it's not, a, not an area that we look at in a lot of detail without having a bit of a slap from someone like me saying, how is your mindset? How do you speak to yourself? And once you call that out and you become aware of it, now we're talking change. Now we're talking growth. And this is uh, definitely something to focus on as you heal any of those belief systems and then start to move forward in a much more positive way. So with your mindset, it starts, as I said, with awareness and then being able to, you know, when negative thoughts come up, when bad things come up in your life to not pile on more and more negativity in terms of your own thoughts, but to actually just let it go and wait for a better thought to come along. Or another strategy is to interrupt that thought and actually reframe it. So turn it around. So if your thought is, 
I am terrible with money. The reframe might be, I'm so excited. I'm finally learning how to manage my money better. Um, we can also get into this whole fixed versus growth mindset. So you might be somebody who looks at parts of you and your skill set and sees them as very fixed. So you might have been bad at maths at school, for instance, and then you end up with this very fixed opinion of yourself that you're never going to be good with finances or anything to do with numbers. That's a fixed mindset and it's a bunch of BS. The truth is with patience and with effort, you are going to improve and that's what we call a growth mindset. So working on a growth mindset is so fundamental to how we feel as humans, like to actually see the potential in ourselves um, and to come from that perspective is just so much more powerful and potent. So I hope that makes sense when I talk about the difference between beliefs and mindset work. Hand in hand, they work really well together and in terms of how I coach, I definitely get into both sides as I find that if we start with unpacking uh, the beliefs and then move into how can we start to shift and help um, those beliefs unlock, dissolve and then become more positive, we bring in some of the mindset work and we get into the sweet spot. I hope that's given you a bit of insight. I also really hope that you have listened to this episode and taken it in and not just taken it in but understood it and you are going to address this. Please, please, please do not go out into the world with a great idea and a crappy belief system. You will fail. You just won't show up. Especially if you're doing something like I am where social media and marketing yourself as a personal brand is important. You're never going to be able to turn up in a high vibration, pitching your solutions day in, day out, riding the ups and the downs of your business and continuing to keep going on the hard days if you don't do this work. So with that, I will leave you. Go forth. Let me know how you go. I'd love to work with you if you are looking for a coach. So in the exit from the episode, you'll get the details to speak with me. Otherwise, come along and join my one of my groups. I have two private Facebook communities. One is more about my life coaching business and it's called the Thrive Society. I actually ran a whole half an hour workshop on mindset in there this week. It's totally free. My other group is linked to this podcast. It is called The Runway Lit Up and Liberated and it's all about getting you on the runway towards your new business dreams and life. Uh, So there's always going to be a lot in there that's relevant to you if that's the path you are planning to go on. Have an awesome rest of your day and thanks again for listening. I'll be back soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Lit Up and Liberated podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please go ahead and leave me a review so we can help more people like you find it. If you'd like to work with me as your private coach, please get in touch via email Yvette at YvetteMayer.com. That's Yvette with a Y and Mayer like John Mayer. To join my private Facebook community that's all about giving you more practical tips for getting your new business up and thriving, 
click on through in the show notes. Have an awesome day and I'll be back soon.